Good afternoon, how are we doing Tuscaloosa? In the internet world, welcome in. This is the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central. BamaCentral.com as a part of the Bama Central Broadcasting Network. The Joe Gaither Show as well as All Things Alabama Podcast and Blue Collar Unplugged. You can, can be heard right here on the Bama Central Broadcasting Network. Woo! It's going to be a lot of fun today. I thank you guys so, so much for joining me today. It is a Memorial Day Memorial Day Monday, and so we want to start off, of course, we ha- we need to start off by thanking all of our veterans, our veterans who are currently serving, our veterans who have served, and of course, Memorial Day is really about mem- remembering those who served and were unable to, 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 to return home. So we thank all the veterans. We want to start off, of course, by thanking all the veterans uh, on this Memorial Day, whether you served, whether you, you, your brother served, your sister served, your mother, your father served. If you served in the military, I appreciate you, and I want to thank you guys. Uh, not this this Monday is not just about taking a Monday off; it's about remembering the sacrifices that uh, those made who allowed us to have Monday off. So let's get this Joe Gaither show started on a Monday by thanking our veterans. I want to thank you, Uncle Chris, for your service to our military. We had I have a number of family members who have served. Uncle Chris in the first Desert Storm was over there, so handled his business, and I am. Thankful to God that Uncle Chris uh, came home safely. So we, we thank him and we remember all those who had loved ones that did not return safely on this Memorial Day. They allow us to have this silly little show on a Monday. So it's not like there's anything to talk about today. Uh, you guys can jump in and join the show on the Twitter machine at JoeGaither6. Sending me your comments, questions, queries, and complaints. You can go ahead and join us on the Facebook side of things at Joe Gaither as well. If you want to send me any of your comments on the show. Uh, you can find me right there. And of course, read all of our great material at BamaCentral.com. Nothing going on over the weekend. Nothing to talk about for, for this Monday at all. Woo-hoo! It was actually a lot of fun. A fun Memorial Day uh, weekend. And I have... I have a laundry list of things to get into. Uh, today's show, we're going to talk about the Alabama football players who have enrolled over the weekend. Yes, the rest of the freshman class have gotten on, has gotten on campus. So we're going to talk about the rest of the freshman class, the 2023s, who are going to be adding to the, to this Alabama Cr- uh, Crimson Tide football team, and a couple of transfers enrolling over the weekend as well. As the summer session, uh, the summer school session gets started, the guys will enroll and they'll get started on their summer workouts. We'll talk about that. Obviously, you have to talk about the Diamond Sports today. Just bravo, bravo, bravo for, for, for our Diamond Sports. The uh, the ladies, the Alabama softball team qualifying for the College college World Series out there in Oklahoma City. Now, we'll talk about it, but the girls got a brutal draw. A brutal draw out there in Oklahoma City. But congratulations. Just an, an, an epic performance. A great performance this weekend. Taking down Northwestern uh, right here at the Rhodes House. Got to see Montana Fouts uh, leave her legacy in the Rhodes House on top. And now whatever she does out there at Oklahoma City will be uh, will be r- really just cherries on top for her career. So we'll talk about that as well. Of course, we'll talk about Alabama baseball. The other side, the men's side. If you had told me two months ago, Alabama baseball would not only be safely in the NCAA tournament, but hosting 
a regional round, I would have said, hey, man, I want the drugs that you're on. But, uh, but no, Alabama baseball over the last month has just been incredible. And so we'll talk about where they stand for their NCAA tournament run as well today. So it's going to be a fun show. We'll also touch maybe on my Knighted Champions. You guys know that I love uh, in WWE. So we might touch on Knighted Champions as well. Tomorrow, oh my gosh, it's going to be a huge week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a huge week. Tomorrow, SEC Spring Meetings get started. Nick Saban in the room. Will we go with nine, nine conference games, ten conference games, eight conference games? What are Greg Sankey uh, and company going to decide tomorrow or this week, the next couple of days, really? They'll be in there, I think, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, really meeting together, hammering down a bunch of nothing, probably. Hammering down a bunch of nothing, but there will be some stories and news that come out of the SEC spring meetings. Um, most namely, I would imagine you'll hear more on the divisions, uh, more on division-less football going forward. We'll find out what the SEC coaches want to think over the next couple of days. So it's going to be a fun show, and I really appreciate you guys jumping in here and joining us. Let's get it kicked off Start talking football. Alabama football over the weekend. Yes, I know. Uh, no games were played, but news. And we got to start with news. We'll take the smallest morsel of news and turn it into the biggest portion, uh, morsel of news. Alabama football uh, saw what? One, two, three, four freshmen added to the roster this weekend. You guys already know about them because you, you, you follow the Alabama Crimson Tide team just like I do, covering it like white on race. But four big names added to the team this weekend, uh, getting ready for summer one, summer school series, uh, summer school semester one. Uh, starts off pretty much in June. And they'll go to summer one and then summer two. So they'll, they'll end up taking a couple of classes and getting ready, getting kind of assimilated into the college lifestyle and there are four really big names, uh, four really big freshmen. Obviously, let's start with the biggest. Well, you want to start biggest or smallest? We'll go smallest. How about that? I mean, it's hard to say smallest in, in, in prestige, but okay, smallest in stature. Young Connor Talty. Young Connor Talty, kicker out of Chicago, is enrolling, has enrolled this weekend. So it's Monday. I'm sure that he is, uh, I'm sure he's currently probably getting, the, uh, getting acclimated. Uh, no school today due, due to Memorial Day, but I'm sure that he is still unpacking his gear, uh, kind of figuring out where he wants to go on campus, getting uh, getting get, getting into his clique. I'm sure the freshmen and the special teamers are all taking him under his wing. Did you see Connor Talty last week on social media? Oh my God. I don't know how... Uh how beneficial or how useful it will be for 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 Alabama for an Alabama kicker to have this skill. But if you didn't see it last week on the social media machine, Connor Talty training back home in the Chicago land area um, hit 22 miles an hour. 22 miles an hour on on a treadmill. Uh, what's the fastest you've ever run on a treadmill? You know, I I like to call myself an average Andy athlete, and I will I, I I was that barely average. I think the fastest speed ever hit on a treadmill was probably like what. 14, 15 miles an hour. I don't know. I, it became really popular after my athletic days to uh, put out those treadmill videos of guys trying to catch up and run. But, but Connor Talty this past weekend, uh, well, last week really, uh, hitting the social media with a 22-mile-an-hour sprint, uh, being able to sprint that fast. So if you're covering kicks for Connor, if you, uh, you know, Connor is going to get down there and uh, and cover those kicks for the Crimson Tide. Going to look forward to it. maybe seeing that athleticism or maybe that'll be useful in a in a uh, you know a fake field goal situation 
or maybe in a uh, field goal scenario where you're kicking what a 60 a 60 65 yard field goal uh, and you need to cover the kick Connor Talty uh, showing off some elite speed especially from the kicker kicker position this past weekend all right uh, we continue it and really the other three freshmen not small at all Yanzi Pierre all, all five stars Yanzi Pierre, Richard Young, and, and Keon Keeley all, all enrolling in Tuscaloosa over the weekend. And, you know, Yanzi Pierre from Eufaula, Alabama, the only Alabama native uh, to, to, to enroll this weekend. But Yanzi Pierre from Eufaula, he was really supposed to be that uh, primary edge rusher until until Keon Keeley flipped his commitment from Ohio State. Uh, from Ohio State. No, 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 excuse me. From Notre Dame. From Notre Dame to, to Alabama. Uh, mid-December or so, mid-November, yeah, it was roughly November, December of this past year that Keon Keeley joined the class. But Yanzi Pierre, I mean, both those guys are coming in this weekend. Yanzi Pierre is 6'4", you know, listed in, uh, listed in 6'4", 215, 210, somewhere in that range. He's, he's, going to have to put on some uh, some muscle. But come on, tell me any freshman that that's not been the case. And I'll say, you know, those those freshmen are uh, you very unique. I think Pierre's going to come in and be able to spend some time as an edge rusher. I don't know if he's going to be getting on the field a ton th- this year because I do think he's going to be developing his pass rushing moves. I'm not sure that he's going to be a be a whole bit be, be a ton, a huge asset against the run this coming year. But as a spot pass rusher, maybe when Alabama gets up on some of these teams, you'll be able to see Yancey Pierre get into the fold. He was the uh, what no, uh, th- number four edge rusher in the class. Uh, ended up as the thirtieth best prospect in the class. But I, I think that he's going to be a player where that Alabama fans are really proud of. But just gonna have to be a little patient with Yancey Pierre, I think. So Yancey enrolls this weekend, uh, and you know he, he's compared a lot to he's compared to his cousin uh, Courtney Upshaw. So we'll see if if Yancey what, what kind of what kind of mark he can make on this Crimson Tide team this December. Uh, this December, uh, for, or excuse me, this fall, I got distracted by my phone. This, this fall for the 2023 Alabama Crimson Tide team. The other big defender, of course, is Keon Keeley, the other edge rusher. Keon Keeley, pretty much number one re- recruit in the class, flipped after being committed to Notre Dame for a long, long time. Rumor had it, legend had it, that, uh, that Will Anderson was very, very instrumental in re- his recruitment, basically showing him, hey, you come to Alabama, you follow the process, we'll be able, uh, Alabama's going to turn you into an elite pass rusher and a top-end draft pick. So Keon Keeley, you know, he's going to come in, he, he, he enrolled this weekend. Big body guy, six foot six, two hundred forty pounder, big fella. Uh, really, you know, has some of the has the size to call, go ahead and contribute to this Alabama team. And, and so with Keon Keeley, while Yanzi's probably going to develop in the weight room, Keon will as well, dub as a freshman. But I think Keon's physica- uh, from a physicality standpoint will be ready, will be closer to being ready to contribute. Problem for Keon is the edge rusher room is stacked. Uh, Chris Braswell, Dallas Turner, you've got a lot of edge rushers already out there. Keanu Coat uh, for Alabama and Quandarius Robinson as well. So it's going to be hard for Keon to break in from a from a depth chart standpoint. But as a, physical, a physicality specimen standpoint, I think he can be a guy who gets into some rotational minutes. 
obviously Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell will be your your main two players on the edge. But 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 Keon Keeley is going to get in, into some action. I mean, I would expect you. I would expect you absolutely see him use all four of his games for uh, for for the, for the if they plan on redshirting him. I still expect them to see all four of those all four of his games. Uh, get him four four games of action in 2023 and develop him to be pretty much your number one edge rusher in 2024. Your other <clears throat> your other edge edge guys, uh, Antonio, let's see, uh, Dallas Turner, Quindarius. Yeah, I hit them all. Uh, Quindarius Robinson, Chris Braswell. Oh, Jeremiah Alexander, dummy. There, Jeremiah Alexander, obviously having a big big uh, a day as well. We'll be in that mix as well. I was just making sure, uh, looking through my notes that I hit all the edge rushers. But yeah, Keon Keeley gonna come in. With a lot of physical ability, problem is the edge rusher. And you can never have enough edge rushers just because getting to the quarterback is such a valuable, valuable commodity. So you never gonna you weren't ever gonna take uh, turn down Keon Keeley or uh, Yanzi Pierre, but the two guys are, ha, have joined a very very stacked uh, a very very stacked edge rusher linebacking room at the University of Alabama. All right, the other freshman, the other twenty twenty four who has uh, enrolled this weekend. Is one Richard Young? I know a lot of the hype. A lot of the hype has been around has been around Justice Haynes on the offensive side of the ball. Both Richard Young and Justice Haynes, five star running backs. Uh, Richard Young coming out of Florida. Richard Young. Uh, I want to remind you guys. Really. Uh, was one of the first uh, commits to in this 2024 uh, 2023 class and Richard Young was one of the guys I mean Richard and Wilkin Formby took it upon themselves I felt like now granted this is a little bit outside looking in perspective but I felt like Richard Young and Wilkin Formby kind of took it upon themselves to be the leaders of the class with Eli Holstein to recruit the rest of the class you remember Richard Young and I mean Keon Keeley had just come to Alabama for a, for a visit was still was still committed to to Notre Dame but it was Richard Young who basically put out on Twitter hey Bama fans don't worry I'm gonna get this guy and Richard Young promising Alabama fans that he was going to ensure you know ensure Alabama had a good recruiting class again now I don't know if it was Richard Young or if it was <clears throat> Nick Saban, <laughs> or the NFL, or 16 years worth of pedigree, but we'll give Richard Young some credit for really being that player recruiter. Every class has a player recruiter. Every every class kind of has that guy, uh, guy or two who who build the class or help you know lead the class together. I think I think Richard Young was was very vital for 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 this 2023 class coming in together. All right, so he's, so he's enrolling this this weekend. Can he get on the field? That's gonna be, it's it's gonna be a challenge. If Keon Keeley had a hard has a has a huge depth chart to to overcome and climb, Richard Young has, in my opinion, an even bigger depth chart to climb. You already know Jace McClellan and Roy Dell come into the season with the biggest edge on everyone just based off experience. Now we know Jace and Roy Dell have dealt with minor injuries throughout their time. Well, not minor. ACLs are definitely not minor. But you've heard an, uh, an ankle injury here and a, a quad injury there. They both, Roy Dell and Jace, have ended up have had ACL injuries. Both of them have overcome those. But they've, been, they, they've both suffered and, and, and uh, had injuries throughout their time here on campus. They do come into the 2023 season as the lead dogs, but bearing right down their back, is Jamarian Miller. Jamarian Miller out of Texas is, you know, he's shown that he, he can be a, a do-it-all running back. I think he's shown that he can be a three-down back. Now, uh, 
I don't know if he's going to be as dynamic a pass catcher as Jason McClellan is, but I think Jamari Miller has a lot of power and has a lot of ability and has a lot of hunger and drive. So you got three running backs already with experience, and then boom, sorry Richard Young, your man Justice Haynes, who it seems like you guys are on a good page. It seems like y'all have a good relationship from the recruiting days, but your man Justice Haynes enrolled early. No, no harm, no foul. Justice Haynes enrolled early, and boom, he made the most of it. He really, really caught Nick Saban's eye during the spring. You all heard him. You all remember what Coach Saban talking about. Uh, what did he say? If you were a frog, what was the line? If you're a frog on a log, you wouldn't know that he's just a freshman. I think that was the line. If you're sitting on a log, I think he said, if you're a frog on a log, you wouldn't know that Justice Haynes is just a freshman. And he told the guys at A-Day, the, the, the announcers, I believe it was... um. Jordan Rogers, excuse me, Jordan Rogers and Cole Kublik, I believe, were, were, were the uh, commentators at 8A, and Jordan Rogers, at least, uh, basically said that, that he asked Richard, uh, he asked uh, he asked Nick Saban about Justice Haynes, and he said that, just, that Nick Saban got that sneaky little smile and just said, he's good. And so it was kind of that stamp of approval. Now, does that mean that Richard Young can't can't come in this weekend and, and really impress Alabama, really impress uh, Robert Gillespie and uh, Tommy Reese and Nick Saban over fall camp? No, he certainly can't. He absolutely can. The pro- the issue is for for Richard Young is you've already got four running backs who have kind of shown it. A little bit have kind of shown. I mean, uh, Jake McClellan and, and Roy Dell Williams have at least shown the propensity to be lead running backs last season. Now you can say, "Oh, Jimmy Gibbs kind of took that uh, that moniker from those guys." And Jason Jason Roy Dell showed you last year that you need a little bit more than than uh, th- than those two. And that's why, hence, Jameer Gibbs got so many touches and then hence became a top, what, 15 draft pick? Was he 12 to the Lions? 12, 14 to the Lions? So he came, became, a, became a top 15 overall draft pick. So, yeah, maybe Royal Roydell and Jace are not going to be your answers. I love what you've done in the running back room. I love it, Nick Saban. I think that Jamari Miller gives you physicality. And then you bring in Justice Haynes and Richard Young, and it basically says to Roydell and Jace, hey, man, if you two guys get complacent at all, if you even had a thought or if it even crept into your mind that, you know, you guys were the heir apparents, the incumbents, and you just would walk right into the starting running back position and would get all the reps, uh, here's two five-star freshmen that we want to remind you are waiting for for some reps. So so Richard Young coming on campus, I, 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 I think it just, I mean, it rounds out the class, all the freshmen are now on campus all the 2023s are here ready for fall camp we're, re- we're, we're obviously getting going with summer workouts summer one uh, summer one school semester starts i believe uh, i believe at the end of the week uh, so, so I'll, I'll double check on that with some of my student friends uh, but summer one and summer two school 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 semesters will get going for june and july all the 2023s are now enrolled on campus very very exciting no hang-ups no no flips no enrolling in a junior college we love that all right so on the other side I mean you have the the uh, the, the 2023s but you also have three veterans three veterans enroll enroll into the team this year or this week enroll into campus this week enroll at the university this week and have joined the roster joined the Alabama Crimson Tide football roster Jalen Key Trey Amos and Tyler Buckner the three transfers so it's uh you know we we've kind of talked about these guys in the past before, but we'll go right over them again because they're now officially on the roster. Jalen, J- we'll start with Jalen Key. We'll start with Jalen Key because I think Jalen Key might be 
might see the most playing time this year unless Tyler Buckner just walks in and blows away the, the quarterback competition. Jalen Key coming in, safety from Al- uh, from from state of Alabama, from UAB. Uh, he spent he spent five years at, at, at UAB, so he's coming in to Tuscaloosa vastly experienced, which is a little bit of an area that Alabama safeties need some help in. You look in the safety room and you obviously see Malachi Moore and you're like, alright, good, you're set with Malachi. And yes, I trust Malachi, definitely. But um, you look around after Malachi and you're like, ooh, the safety room doesn't have a whole lot of experience. Uh, Christian Story, I love you. You've been on the team a whole lot, uh, a long time, but you haven't really taken that Jump to be the be, be the leader. You haven't been, you haven't gotten yourself heavy playing time. Devonte Smith, not that Heisman winning Devonte Smith, but the other Devonte Smith hasn't really got himself the playing time either. Yes, Jake Pope has only been here one year. You look around the safety room and you're like, okay, there's a lot of question marks after. Malachi Moore. And so, of course, we all know bringing in Caleb Downs, five-star freshman, and he, by all accounts, is fulfilling the five-star billing. Caleb Downs seems like he's going to walk right in and be that superstar level player, might contend for, you know, SEC all-freshman team, might contend for SEC honors as a freshman. But you don't want to rely on a freshman. I mean, I don't. I don't think you do as an Alabama fan. I don't think you, I mean, it, look, we all, we all remember Mika Fitzpatrick and he was a great freshman, but you don't want to rely on a freshman. We all saw Derrick Henry early on as a freshman kind of look lost. It takes a while to get into the, 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 one, to play college football, two, to learn the Alabama way, three, when you're playing defensive back at Alabama, the match, the pattern matching scheme is not the easiest to learn. Now, Caleb Downs, I have full faith that he has the capabilities to learn it, that he's not going to be left behind. But it's just a lot of information. It's a lot of reps. It's a lot of mental gymnastics that Caleb Downs is going to have to going to have to embrace and, and, and get with the program. So, Jalen Key, I think really, 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 uh, I, I think Jalen Key really provides you that depth piece that really provides you that option to say, hey, this guy's been in college a long time. We can throw him out there next to Mal- Malachi Moore. He's seen a lot of pretty pretty much everything. He's seen everything that the college game has to offer over four or five years. Yes, it's been at UAB and not in the SEC, but they play big-time college football uh, an hour up the road at UAB as well. So I think Jalen Key will see the most playing time out of the three transfers, the three summer transfers, because of the experience that he's bringing into Tuscaloosa and just the opportunity that he's going to be able to have right here in this defensive back room. I'm not saying that he's going to kick Caleb Downs off the field. I don't think so at all. I think really he's going to be able to be utilized in that big brother role for Caleb Downs. I think he's going to be able to be utilized in that, hey, maybe we're playing 50-50, 60 45 somewhere in that range. We're splitting reps at such a rate that, hey, when Caleb has a question, he rolls over to Jalen uh, Key and says, hey, man, what did you see the last uh, oh, the last time you were out there, uh, there on the field? When I was out there, I saw the three wide, you know, I saw trips left, and, and, and they ended up doing, you know, different looks. Jalen Key is going to be able to provide such a veteran, a valuable veteran presence for Caleb Downs that I think that he's going to uh, be the most impactful transfer Unless Tyler Buckner just absolutely shocks me. All right, so before we hit Tyler Buckner, we'll go to the other defensive back. It's Trey Amos. Trey Amos, obviously, you you guys, look, you're all Alabama fans, or maybe you're not, and you listen to me. I love you if you're not. I love you if you are. It doesn't matter. Uh, You want to hear about Trey Amos? Trey Amos, transfer from University of Louisiana. 
And he spent a couple years there at Louisiana. And he sees an opportunity in the defensive back room that maybe I don't see. But Trey Amos is operating with more information than I am. Let's all be honest. I love Terry and Arnold. I love Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think Kool-Aid McKinstry might end up being top 10 NFL draft pick this coming up spring. I will love it if my Chicago Bears end up in a position to draft Kool-Aid McKinstry. Kool-Aid McKinstry or a J.C. Latham. Somebody uh, with that, that pedigree. But Trey Amos comes in because Nick Saban has sold him, has sold him on the uh, on the fact or on 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 the at least possibility that Terry and Arnold is not that dude, or Terry and Arnold is vulnerable. Terry and Arnold has some chinks in his game. Now, you saw that last year a couple of different times, uh, namely against Texas specifically. It wasn't Terry and Arnold getting burned at Tennessee. Sorry, DeMarco Helms. But Terry and Arnold did get hurt a couple of times against Texas. And I think Terry and Arnold did get, I mean, he got picked on against Texas A&M despite making the game-winning play at the very end of the contest. Uh, He gave up, what, 160 yards, something, some odd yards receiving, uh, but ended up coming away with the game-sealing, game-sealing pass breakup. So, really, really excited about Terry and Arnold personally. But Nick Saban maybe thinks that he wants to push him a little more. So he brings in Trey Amos. He brings in Trey Amos, who's played at Louisiana. And in conversation with scouts who have seen Trey Amos play, they see a prototypical type corner. They see a cornerback who has all this, all, all, all the skills, but just uh, all the tools, excuse me, all the tools and the raw ability. Six foot one, 200 pounds, long arms, fast player. Just needs a little more refinement. And where else should you be refined as a, as a cornerback than the University of Alabama and Nick Saban? Look through the, <laughs> let's look over the last 16 years and, and check out the NFL and check out all the corners that are in the league that uh, University of Alabama. I mean, going back to 2007, 7, 8, uh, Nick Saban's been putting out corners really since his second year <laughs> with, with Kareem Jackson. So Trey Amos, you come to Alabama, develop a little bit. He's got he's got um, he's got multiple years of eligibility left. So even if he does, he comes in and, and really doesn't crack the code right there at the beginning, I think that I think that Kool-Aid McKinstry goes and gets drafted and Trey Amos becomes a cornerback. Maybe it becomes a Trey Amos and Terry and Arnold cornerback combination in 2024. And maybe Nick Saban's just thinking two years down the line when he sees Trey Amos uh, in the transfer portal. So we'll, we'll watch him as he comes in. I am I, mean, I, I like defensive back play just because I think it's one of the hardest positions to play. Uh, but I will just be honest with with you, the listener. I love Terry and Arnold. I think Terry and Arnold athletically athletically has all the gifts and tools as well. So really, I'm pulling for Terry and Arnold to keep his starting position. Um, and we'll just watch and see how that goes over the summer and over the fall. Lastly, on the transfer on the transfer side of things, before we flip to the other sports, Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner comes into the program, and and he's the. The hottest, he's the hottest prospect. He's the hottest transfer, namely because uh, because the position that he plays, quarterback. We've all been wondering since Bryce Young's last few minutes against Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, who's going to be quarterback for Alabama in 2023? I think a lot of people were up on the Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, one or the other, A or B, B or A, back and forth all spring long. 
And uh, you had a couple people, of course, in the in the Eli Holstein and Dylan Lonergan camp. I never really thought that those two guys would be able to crack the uh, to, to crack the lineup over Ty Simpson over and Jalen Milrow due to their experience. But you never know, and, and and you still never know. Let's be honest, you still never know with what under a hundred days, ninety seven days, ninety six days away from Alabama kicking off against MTSU. So you still never know. But Tyler Buckner enrolls this weekend at the University of Alabama, so it's official. It's officially a five-way quarterback battle between Buckner, Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow, Eli Holstein, and Dylan Lonegan. We've, we're going to continue to talk about Buckner throughout the summer, but I think that Buckner brings the element to the quarterback battle that Nick Saban, it gives Nick Saban some peace of mind. It gives Nick Saban the peace of mind to know that, okay, if things go south over the next 90 days or if things don't progress, not go not, not go south, but if things don't progress forward, if everything stays exactly stagnant and we are walking into 2023 with exactly what we have right now, I think Tyler Buckner gives you a quarterback who can, who can operate an offense. Now, will he be... Will he be as dynamic as Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, Bryce Young? No, he won't. He won't be. But can he be as effective as maybe Mac? Perhaps. Can he be as effective as Jake Coker? I, I think so. Can he be as effective as Blake Sims? I think so too. Not in the same running style. Now he can move, but he just doesn't have the Blake Sims running. My point is, I think that when you look at Jake Jake Coker, Blake Sims, you look at the. Greg McElroy, you look at those offenses where the quarterback maybe wasn't the star, but was good enough, was able to make it happen, was able to utilize the talent around him. I think that's what you're seeing with the quarterbacks that you currently have. Look at the rest of the roster, and I see position groups that stand out, just stand out for their strength. I We already hit on the running backs. We didn't hit on the offensive line of the receivers today or the tight ends today, but 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 I think you really have strengths at the other offensive position. So when you bring in Tyler Buckner, I think Buckner gives you that safety blanket. Uh, if the quarterbacks, if none of the quarterbacks continue to improve, if the competition does not pro- progress forward, so Buckner enrolls on campus. You're now set for 2023, unless there's any surprise transferees out which I don't expect at this point of the season. But you never know. The transfer portal taketh and giveth. It's always a surprise. I expect this roster to be what you have going into 2023. And let's be honest. I think a lot of people are down on this Alabama team. You see a lot of preseason polls at 6, at 7, at 5, at 8. Man, I like this Alabama team. I like what you have walking into the season. I think that this team has a huge chip on its shoulder. I think LSU is going to be favored in the West by the writers. We'll see that at SEC Media Days in July. But I, I really, really like what you see, what you've got with this Alabama team. I think you're, they're getting a little bit of the shaft considering the lack of returning talent at quarterback position, and I think they're getting a little bit of the shaft due to the new coordinators. Let's be honest, Kevin Steele knows what to expect under Nick Saban. Tommy Reese, obviously his age is a factor and his inexperience is a factor. But coordinating at a high level, you can laugh at Notre Dame being called a high level or not. Objectively, it is. Objectively, they play high-level football, and Tommy Reese is experienced 
calling you know, offenses at at a high level program. So I, I I like what this Alabama team has going into the 2023 season. We'll continue to break down the roster as the offseason rolls on, but that's really what it looks like as the enrollees, the summer transfers, and the rest of the freshman class enroll this Memorial Day weekend. All right, let's hit a break. Or let's let's actually not hit a break. We're gonna keep rolling right here on the Joe Gaither Show on uh, on Bama Central, a part of the Bama Central Broadcasting Network. Let's move over to active sports. Two active sports went hard this weekend. Bravo, Miss Montana Fouts and Alabama softball. Bravo. You ladies, really, Jayla Torrance, I'm sorry, Jayla Torrance should not be overlooked. Jayla Torrance should not be overlooked for, for what she did for this program. Montana Fouts gets the start on, on Friday against Northwestern. If, you, if you're living under a rock, Alabama beats Northwestern uh, two games to one to advance to Oklahoma City, to advance to the College World Series, uh, and, and really, honestly, I think have, has now overachieved for their season. Um, uh, especially considering where they were two months ago and everything that this team has really endured throughout the year. So they go in Friday night, and you don't know what's Montana's status. What is she going to pitch? Is she available? Is she not? Murph throws her out there. Throws her out there, and she gives up, what, three, four runs, and Jayla Torrance comes in and saves the day, shuts them down. Alabama ends up still losing on Friday because the bats are what they've been most of the season. Not that good. And so Murph is asked, oh, why did you start her? She wasn't healthy. Patrick Murphy's honest, and I, and I think he's exactly right. He said after Friday, she earned the start. She earned the chance to start this Friday night game. Look throughout her career. You want to tell Murphy's wrong? I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Murphy's exactly right. Everything that she's done, if she was... 85% or better, if she was uh, if she was capable of pitching, she earned that start. And so that's one you live and die with, especially, look, Murph talked about it, how difficult Pat last Sunday, not uh, last Sunday's events were against MTSU, not knowing whether to throw out Montana Fouts or not, not wanting the not wanting the season to end without Montana Fouts getting her last chance in the circle at the Rhodes house. And he talked about how it was one of the hardest days of his coaching career. I think he probably, I think that played into his decision-making on Friday night. Now, Alabama lost on Friday, but Saturday, oh my gosh, Saturday the the, the ladies come back and, okay, he makes up for, he, he changes his mind. He starts, he goes the opposite way. He goes the opposite way and starts Jayla Torrance on Saturday, and Jayla, Jayla was lights out all weekend long. There's nothing, nothing like... The praises, the gold stars, the flowers cannot come enough for Jayla Torrance over the weekend. Absolutely lights out, uh, lights out pitching for Jayla. All right, on Friday, Jayla Torrance, well, what, uh, three, three and two thirds innings, uh, no runs on Friday. On Saturday, oh, let's see, on Saturday, she ends up pitching. On Saturday, four innings pitched, one run. Four, and on Sunday, again, on Sunday, again, lights out again. Jayla Torrance, three innings pitched, one run. So three plus four is seven, plus another three is ten. Ten innings go by over the weekend, only two runs uh, for Miss Jayla Torrance. And I know Montana gets all the headlines due to her injury, and she should 100%. Oh, my gosh, the photo uh, striking out the last batter yesterday against Northwestern. Northwestern had just hit a home run to make the game kind of tight, bring it to three to two, uh, get everybody in Road Stadium's uh, stomachs into knots, have the butterflies going, and Miss Montana Fouts shuts it right down. 
strikes him out to close out the game and send Alabama to Oklahoma City. Just an impressive weekend for Alabama. We we called it last week on the show. Katie Windham told everybody that there would be low-scoring games. Well, three to one, two to one, three to two. That's four, four and three is seven plus five. Twelve total runs throughout the three total contests against Northwestern. And give a lot of credit to Northwestern. Their pitching staff, Daniel Williams, their pitching staff were, were incredible this weekend. It just, uh, Alabama had just a little bit too much. Just had to just enough on that Sunday to, to end up winning the game. Uh, got, got a lot of got got a key hit from Allie Shipman in that Sunday game, um, a home run by a half an inch by Jayla Torrance on Sunday, and the home run that you absolutely needed. And so these girls are going to go out to Oklahoma City on Thursday, uh, and you know what? They're just going to let it ride. They're going to give it their best shot on Thursday, and I think that oh gosh, look at the bracket. The bracket did Alabama no favors this week. This week. No favors if you're an Alabama softball fan. Now, one, let's let's just put it in a vacuum. We're thrilled to go to Oklahoma City. We're exactly, we're over the moon. And I stand by what I said five, three minutes ago. I do think at this point, the season has been a success. You have almost over overachieved, especially considering all the bumps in the road, everything you've dealt with this year. Thursday, oh, Thursday's going to be a bear. Thursday, Alabama kicks off the tournament. You kick off the tournament on ESPN, right? Uh, it's going to be at noon, or excuse me, eleven o'clock Central Time, noon, uh, noon Eastern, eleven o'clock Central Time. Alabama kicks off the tournament with ooh, the Tennessee Vols. Gross. The Tennessee Vols, who you lost to what six to seven in the SEC tournament two weeks ago. You lost two games to one up in Knoxville in March. Uh, so, so it's been a minute. You, you played Tennessee. Four, four different times this year. It beat you three times. Does that give Alabama an advantage this week uh, on Thursday? I don't know. Now, the familiarity, I do like that. I do like the familiarity for our girls, especially considering the struggles you've seen at the plate. You saw uh, you saw Patrick Murphy move at Ashley Prangy into the leadoff spot this past weekend, I think on Saturday and Sunday, and it worked out well. Golly, Ashley Prangy, where would you be without her? Thank the Lord she transferred from Ohio State. Ashley Prangy's been the only stick on in this lineup, the only consistent stick in this lineup for two years. Uh, and and I, I, I thank the Lord for you, Ashley Prangy. So Thursday, you're taking on Tennessee, and it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a real challenge. Now, if you're able to beat Tennessee, uh, obviously won the they won the SEC, and, and I believe they won they won the SEC tournament as well. If you're able to beat Tennessee, well, congratulations. Your victory, your your prize is you take on the winner of Oklahoma and Stanford on Saturday. Oh shoot. Oh, now you do get a day off, but the prospects of playing number one seeded Oklahoma do not excite me. Number Oklahoma, probably your tops, your best team in college world in college softball history. I mean, goodness gracious, what they have done, Patty Casso and company, what they have done over a five, ten year stretch is just unbelievable, and. That program is going to be in the SEC, <laughs> so you're just going to have to get used to playing them. But this week, they're 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 still in the Big Twelve. One more week, they, we all know they have a, an absolutely stupidly loaded roster. They obviously have a little bit of home, home field advantage, playing what 30, 40 minutes away from Oklahoma City. 
Uh, and so it's going to be a challenge for our ladies this week. You got thrown into the bracket with Tennessee, Oklahoma, and Stanford. If you can get out of that side, if you can get out of that side and play yourself into a championship next week, Patrick Murphy, you dirty dog, what what a job you've already done. I, I, I think Murph, um, you know, there were, there, there were people, there, there were people who early in the year, you know, you lost to Lehigh, you're coming off not making supers last year, getting bounced out in the regionals. There were people, now right or wrong, I think wrong, but there were people wondering about Patrick Murphy's job security. And Murph, uh, you know, throws up the, hey, just give us time, be patient, and where are we as the season ends? Oh, yeah, right back out there in Oklahoma City. We're going to have Mon- Miss Montana Fouts' career end on the co- uh, on the uh, softball's biggest stage, on the world- on the college softball's biggest stage out there at the World Series. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to our girls getting out there. You're going to be able to see our coverage. We're seeing a huge team out there. We're sending a team out to Oklahoma City, and I'm really excited to see Katie Windham. I believe Edwin Stanton as well are going to be out there and uh, – they're just going to be covering Alabama softball like white on rice. You'll be able to see it on BamaCentral.com. Uh, they're getting out there, I believe, tomorrow for, uh, for for the press conferences. And really, they're just going to cover everything for for, for you on BamaCentral.com. So really looking forward to Alabama, uh, Alabama softball. The season continues at least one more week. And we will see if the ladies can uh, really cap it off with a strong two, uh, weekend weekend ahead out there in Oklahoma City. All right, one more, one more topic, one more sport to hit on. Alabama baseball, the Tide, they did it. The selection has been made. For the first time since 2006, Alabama baseball is picked to host a regional. Yeah, you heard that right. We're not just in the bubble. We're not just on in the tournament. We're not in or out. We are so firmly in the tournament that the Tide got chosen as a as a regional, regional host site. Alabama this weekend will be hosting Nickel State, Boston College, and Troy. And that's gonna be I mean it'll be a fun it'll be cool this weekend. I mean come on come to the Joe if you're not if you're not glued to the TV watching the Alabama girls out there in Oklahoma City come to the Joe on Friday night. Taking on Nickel State, I uh, cannot determine whether it's going to be six or seven, uh, just based on the, the time zones on the internet. But it'll be right there on Friday night. Taking on Nickel State, you'll be able to see if you want to get in there early. See, see Troy and Boston College early, earlier in the day. I believe at three thirty. Alabama's familiar with Troy. You've beaten Troy twice already this year. Now Boston College, their baseball team, they've had a they've had a pretty good season. They're, they've had uh, 35 and 18. Had a nice little year in the ACC. They were bounced out of the ACC tournament by Clemson this past week. Uh, they they ended up uh, playing Wake Forest. Uh, they, they they played a lot of good baseball teams this year. Wake Forest, uh, Pepperdine, Florida State, Virginia Tech. Now we all remember Alabama was scheduled to take on Pepperdine. Earlier in the year, but some weather issues in California uh, prevented that from happening. Well, Boston College made it out to California and took two two out of three in uh, in Malibu. They ended up uh, taking two out of three against Florida State. Now they lost to Wake Forest, t- top seeded Wake Forest in a series, uh, two games to one, and then they ended up losing two games to one in a series to Clemson. So they they, they played big time college baseball this year. I think Boston College becomes the biggest, the biggest, uh, obviously the biggest opponent this weekend in the regionals. But just to have Alabama, just to have Alabama qualify for a regional after just the turtles, the issues, the everything that they've been dealing with throughout the year. Look, 
They had some troubles during the early part of the SEC play. You all have been following the Brad Bohannon firing scandal. We now know that he was in contact with a former Little League coach, some sort of a coach out over there with connections to the University of Cincinnati. And look, that's a mess too. You, you, you put that mess behind you, the guys had a really good showing in the SEC tournament this past weekend. Yeah, you would have loved to have gone further. You would have loved to have gone, you know, gone three and two. Two and two is fun. It was a good week. It was a good week. We all know, I think Hoover is one of the most competitive tournaments that there, that there are. Uh, and, you know, I, it stinks to, 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 to get eliminated in that fashion. But the consolation prize is, hey, man, more postseason baseball in Tuscaloosa. Postseason baseball in Tuscaloosa is something that hasn't happened in almost 20 bleeping years. So uh, 20 minus 3 is 17, 16, 17 seasons it's been since postseason baseball has been right here in Tuscaloosa. So it's so on Friday night, oh my gosh, will I be there? Oh, sweet. I think I'm going to be there. Uh, my man Chris Walsh asked me, and I absolutely said yes. I'm going to say yes to any opportunity I can. But Austin Hannon, of course, is, is leader, uh, head chief in charge. Austin Hannon and Will Miller will be there at, at the Joe on Friday. I think I'm going to be there as well, and that's going to be a lot. I cannot wait. I'll be uh, in the Joe if, uh, if if all the powers that be, uh, if all the powers that be allow that, and I can't wait to bring you the coverage of that this weekend. Alabama qualifying for Super Regionals? I might be there to see it. Oh, man, it's going to be a fun week. Oh, I cannot wait for that. So follow my man Austin Hannon at Austin Hannon SI, at Real WB Miller, and myself at Joe Gaither 6, as I believe the three of us will bring you coverage of Alabama's regional round against Boston College, Nickel State, and Troy. As for Nickel State, uh, they come away with winning the Southland Baseball Tournament their first time since 1998, so they're having a strong season as well. But come on, guys, let's Let's not. Let's be real. It's Nickel State, Alabama. We should expect ourselves to take care of Nickel State. Yes, Southland Conference champions, thirty-four and twenty-two this season. Let's scroll through their schedule. And okay, you've taken a series win against Memphis. You took a series win against UL Monroe. You lost big to Mississippi State, who Alabama uh, smacked hard this, this year. You uh, lost big to LSU. Let's see, continuing on through, you lost, oh, you beat LSU on a Tuesday night. What the heck was that about, Tigers? Uh, you continue to roll through, and that's really all you got for as far as uh, Nickel State. Now, beating LSU, going one-on-one with one-and-one one with the Tigers, uh, gives me just a, t- a tiny pause, and so we'll be, we'll have to uh, kind of follow what what new interim head coach Jason Jackson will say this week as Alabama is going to be hosting Nickel State, Boston College, and Troy with, with an eye on Super Regionals. Golly, if you told me Super Regionals would be real, realistic for this team, again, that, that, that's, that's why I'm so over the moon about, about both, both the uh, Diamond Sports ha- having so much success. A month and change ago, I was out on both the Diamond Sports. I was ready, you know, I don't mean to admit this, but but I was ready for them to, you know, go out with a whimper and, and have uh, have the football offseason really get ramped up, if you know what I'm saying. Watching the recruiting, watching basketball recruiting, and, and really getting fired up for fall camp. But now, golly, both the teams, 
Kudos, Jason Jackson. Kudos to you, Patrick Murphy, and all your players on both sides, buying into what is possible, buying into yourselves, believing in yourselves, turning inward, and really making the most out of the last six or so weeks of both of your seasons. I cannot wait to see what you do and how it ends for both of you guys. All right, just a couple minutes. A couple minutes remaining here on the Joe Gaither Show on the Bama Central Network at SpartaBamaCentral.com. You can watch us and listen to us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, on Spotify, Apple Music. We're putting out the podcast wherever podcasts can be found. Just want to touch real quick. You've made it this far. You can hear. But, uh, look, the rest of the week, I'm going to be talking to Michael Bronner of WNSP tomorrow. My friend Michael Bronner will talk about all kinds of sports. We'll mostly probably talk about SEC spring meetings. I am going to be having a legend on the program on Friday, Mr. Andy Phillips. Andy Phillips, uh, former Alabama baseball and New York Yankees fame and prominent Tuscaloosa businessman. Andy Phillips has agreed to join me on Friday to talk about this Alabama, Alabama baseball team and super uh, regional, excuse me, regionals on deck. Hopefully, super, super regionals the next week. And we'll talk about Andy's career as well. So I'm really looking forward to Andy Phillips on Friday, to Michael Bronner tomorrow. i got a line out on Mac Hereford, Alabama football player. We are dancing around our dates. I think he might join me this week as well. So looking forward to hopefully hearing from Mac Hereford, former Alabama Crimson Tide football player, social media superstar uh, as well this week. So hopefully it's going to be a fun week uh, j- being joined by those three. And, of course, you guys can join us on any day by leaving your comments or sending me a message message on the Twitter machine, on the Facebook machine, uh, right there at JoeGaither6. Just real quickly to wrap it up and to get this out of my system, Night of Champions, WWE Night of Champions over the weekend had a lot of uh, interesting takes. My man Seth Rollins winning the new uh, World Heavyweight Championship. It's hard to say whether it's a secondary, whether it's hard to say it's not a secondary championship, considering that Roman Reigns is the Universal Champion. But I love Seth Rollins. Very happy for him to get put, uh, get get the belt put on him this weekend. It looked like he and AJ Styles had a hell of a match. I caught the last four or five minutes of each of the uh, 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 each of the events, uh, each of the matches. WWE, great job storytelling. Thank you for your, uh, what is it, teenage boy soap opera that you continually put on each and every week. I appreciate that. Roman, uh, Cody Rhodes losing. Oh, my man, Cody losing to Brock Lesnar. Obviously setting up a Brock Lesnar, uh, Cody Rhodes three at SummerSlam. And then, of course, golly, majestic storytelling. And that's what it's all about. You guys can make fun of me and say, Joe, it's fake. Yes, I know it's fake. It's scripted. The uh, you know, you're you're still falling from the turnbuckle, you're still getting hit in the head with certain things, but the uh, the score the story is scripted, and the story between the Usos and my man Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens all dancing back and forth. Just impeccable. Jay Uso gonna be the one uh, eventually to take out Roman Reigns. Will it be SummerSlam? Will it be next year at WrestleMania? We'll see. So uh, enjoying enjoying the, the direction that uh, that uh, WWE is taking some of their storylines, and we will see. We'll keep up with it right here on the Joe Gaither Show. Obviously, we're saving that sort of thing for last. We'll keep the Bama stuff up front for you guys. Uh, but it's going to be a fun week tomorrow again. Michael Bronner, SEC spring meetings, and so much more. Will we see Nick Saban back off a nine-game schedule? Is Nick Saban going to stick with eight? Is he afraid of LSU, Tennessee, and and Auburn? No, Nick. You're surely not scared of those three. You're not afraid, Nick. That's not what this all boils down to. We'll talk about scheduling 
divisions and who the Alabama who Alabama's opponents will be tomorrow right here on the Joe Gaither show on BamaCentral.com. This has been the Monday edition of the Joe Gaither show. You're listening on the Bama Central Broadcasting Network. Big thanks to my man Chris Walsh. Follow him at Riding Walsh. Follow us at, at Bama Central on the Twitter machine. Find me at Joe Gaither 6 at Joe Gaither 6 on the Twitter machine and we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Joe Gaither show. For me the listener, hey, or for me Joe Gaither. Ho oh. ho backwards already. For me, Joe Gaither, you the listener. I hope you have a happy Memorial Day. We appreciate all of our veterans, our veterans who have served, our veterans who will serve, the families of veterans, and of course, more specifically, our thoughts, our prayers are with those who have lost their lives in service to the country. We thank you very much and we hope you have a very happy Monday. Roll Tide. We'll be back with you tomorrow. See you later, guys. Roll Tide.